Yo, what's goody, what's goody, my people? Yo, this is Brown96 with yet another episode of That Dopeness. You've just tuned in to the Hip Hop Spot Podcast. Now, wherever you streaming through, whether through, shit, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes, whatever way you listen to me, man, I want to thank you all. For the um, for listening and then uh, shit, just tuning in to all these uh, dope episodes, these dope people that I've been putting into my podcast, and um, they have something really important to say, and y'all should really pay attention to what jams of knowledge they're really giving us. You know what I mean? Y'all can really benefit from what we talk about, certain topics that we go on. But um, thank y'all for tuning in to um, the Hip Hop Spot Podcast. And yo, I go by Brown96. I am the host. And today's episode, we're going to have someone really dope. Uh, Yo, he has a lot of years under his belt. You know what I mean? Within the entertainment field, which is hip hop. Um, He goes by 2Mex. He's a legend. You know what I mean? From East LA. And... um, He'll be talking to us about how he grew up in um, in the area and uh, his ups and downs and stuff like that. Um, he comes from a group, Mexican Descent. You know what I mean? That's his first group that he started up at. And uh, yo, y'all gonna like it. Y'all gonna love it, as a matter of fact. You know what I mean? And uh, shit, just stay tuned. And listen in, you know what I mean? Listen, learn, and apply that shit to your craft, you know what I mean? And yo, with no further ado, let me take you into that dopeness. So strap on that seatbelt and get ready for the ride. We're going to take you into another ride of the Hip Hop Spot Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yo, what's going down? This is Brown with the Hip Hop Spot again, man. Like I mentioned to y'all, we got a special guest today, man. Man, legend, 2Mex. Yo, he's a motherfucking dope-ass MC. He's knowledgeable. Yo, you know, man, he's worked with, you know, Mexican Descent. Uh, came from the Mexican Descent, you know, from the Visionaries Project Blowed crew. Man, yo, 2Mex, thank you for, for being in the, in the podcast today. Uh, it's all good, man. Thanks for having me. What's cracking, bro? Yeah, man. So, um, first off, man, uh, I want to get get uh people familiar with um with your upbringing, man. And uh, you know, can you can you share with us first off, you know, where you grew up and how your surroundings, your environment was in that time? Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. I mean, I grew up in uh, I was born in East LA. And then I grew up in uh, Mid City, California, and uh, on La Brea in Washington. And um, pretty much all my like young life, I was there and stuff until I started, you know, traveling and whatnot. But yeah, I grew up in Mid City, and uh, yeah, man, started making hip hop at like 16, and I had my first group, uh, Mexican Descent, at like 17, almost 18 years old, with my boy Cholo Lancinco and uh, and uh, DJ Gonzo and a couple other cats. And uh, we did a Mexican Ascent from 92 to 97. In 97, I did the Visionaries uh, multi, uh, group uh, with Redmatic, Kiku, Elemental, Danu, Lord Zen. And from there, man, I, I represented the Good Life in the Project Load, which is the open mic cafe on Crenshaw and Exposition. 
famous for a lot of people like the far side and fucking freestyle fellowship and shit like that and yeah man roughly since 92 i really started kind of like in 92 working on demos and shit like that and i've been making music and i got a bunch of crews man shapeshifters look daggers mind clouders i just over the course of all these years i just make a music with a gang of people you know yeah no doubt no doubt so uh first off man like uh, I know, like East LA. I mean, how how dangerous was it when you were growing up in East LA? I mean, I was re I was too young. I, I was born in East Los, and I moved to Mid City in about two years old. So I didn't really oh, okay. have a East LA upbringing. I grew up in Mid City. Mid City. Uh, for people that, for people that know, like Washington and La Brea, about the ten freeway, Venice and La Brea. So, which is a predominantly uh, black and Mexican neighborhood. So, you know, I grew up there, going to school around there. Um, I actually got bussed out to high school. I, I chose to go to a Pacific Palisades High School, so I got bussed out there. So my last two, you know, high school, I was in Pacific Palisades. And then, I, and then when I got out of school, I started music right in 12th grade and uh, started making music. And from the moment I started, I pretty much, you know, for about five years, we were just making demos playing in Cali, maybe going to Arizona. And then around 97, the Visionaries was the first group I was in that we started touring, touring the, the world. We started going to Japan and Hawaii and uh, France, Germany, Greece, and you're, you know, different, you know, Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, different Holland, shit like that. So I started getting yeah. worldly right there. And then in Mexican descent, we started touring the U.S., and then me by myself, I started touring in the U.S. and and uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been I've played in 23 countries all over the world. So I've been blessed to like travel over the years and just go do little gigs and you know be on yeah. some underground shit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't mean to highlight the negativity side of 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 uh, you know what I mean of how things were before. You know what I mean? You 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 got to be known and you got to be traveling and all that. But I want to first off focus on how you got over the obstacles that you had to get over you know what i mean for the people that are starting up right now and you know well, going through well, their problems i feel what you're saying yeah well mid city was a gang neighborhood like but i was never in a gang you know i, I grew up in like an 18th street neighborhood and black gangs and shit but uh i was i was really not i never was a gangster bro my family was kind of i was my family wasn't into the church but they would make me go to the church like my, so I was part of like I was like a church boy. There was families on my block that were dedicated to the church, the Catholic Church. So, growing up, I was a church kid. I used to go to church almost every day, and uh, so I never was. I mean, I seen I grew up. Mid City's like South Central LA, so there's lots of gangs and shit like that. But I never really was, other than being friends with gangsters. I never really was like that. So my parents kind of kept me guarded until the time where I could you know, like high school and shit where I could kind of like freely do my own thing. And even when I, even when I was able to really like do my own thing, I never really was into that culture. I was really anti it. And then when, when I started making music at 16, 17, I kind of skipped over that phase and went straight into just working on music production and shit like that. Once I, once I started writing rhymes and, you know, we were, we, we started playing local shows. And then once we started doing that, we just were dedicated to music. So I never, the environment was shitty, of course, with gang life and shit life, crack and pro I grew up on a whole stroll. I grew up on a prostitution neighborhood. 
where there was prostitutes on the corner and people selling crack and shit like that. But it never really affected me to the point because I was never, I, know, I never crossed that line to be on some gangster shit. How did and that influence that. you? Mm-hmm. How did that influence you uh, as a person? I mean, we've seen a lot of people die and a lot of people go to jail. So never like, when I was younger, I was just never, I was guarded away from that shit. And then once I got to be older, I, I was never impressed with that life. So I, I went from straight church kid to, when I started making music, I started getting into uh, alternative information. I started getting into the New World Order and Illuminatiism and, and uh, conspiracy theories and, you know, Chicano Chicano pride and yeah. so I was I was more on some like as an example like immortal technique and shit. there you go I yeah. was when I, when I was 16 17 18 19 20 I was more like on that tip like revolutionary Chicano rapper I started getting influenced by um East Coast political hip-hop mm-hmm. from 88 like public enemy public and features and X clan and mm-hmm. all that Karis one and shit all that all the kind of like deeper East Coast Muslim shit. Yeah. So I was kind of like influenced by that. And then, uh, you know, I was influenced by the West Coast, uh, the, the more jazzy lyrical movement that was like Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, Freestyle mm-hmm. Fellowship, Souls of Mischief, Hieroglyphics, The Far Side, uh, you know, shit yeah. like that. Yeah. So you know who, I, mean? I was influenced by a lot of shit, bro, that wasn't even hip hop. You know what I mean? How did you get introduced to hip hop? How'd you get introduced to hip hop? Uh, first hip hop song I heard when I was like, shit, I don't know, bro, like eight years old. I listened to Blowfly. Uh, Blowfly was a this black comedian from the seventies that used to do X-rated raps. He was huh. like a black comedian, like Richard Pryor. Okay. And but he used to rap. He used to rap like he used to play a beat and be like, you know. And then I saw a bitch over there, you know, like all that kind of like real <laughs> like, like spoken re- word type rapping. Yeah, X-rated shit. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, so so I got exposed to that, and then like most kids, I got exposed to Sugar Hill Gang, and okay. I, I literally I literally heard the beginning in 1979. I was already six years old, so like by six or seven, I was already listening to Sugar Hill Gang and Treacherous Three and whatever the I'm an MTV baby, so whatever New York hip hop was playing on MTV and whatnot, I was listening to it, and then KD. K Day, 1580 K Day used to play a lot of uh, East Coast hip hop and then mm-hmm. West Coast gangster shit. You know what I mean? So I just listened to hip hop from jump. So from the time I was six, so I like it. Over and then once I was thirteen, I started getting into the lyrics. Cool. So you so know? who inspired you to like start writing your own stuff though? Uh, my dad. My dad writes. My dad was like a. My dad wrote writes songs. My dad writes poems. My dad oh, writes cool. short stories. Oh shit! My dad used to, yeah. My dad used to do uh, that shit. My dad used to do community theater. Like I was too little to understand though. I didn't. Oh, I didn't really get it. I was like a little kid, so I never paid attention to what the fuck he was doing. But my dad, my dad was. I got it from my dad. He's like a my dad was a songwriter. My dad plays key. I got it from him, but I never like attention too much but I think that's where I got it from you know yeah you want to shout out some of his work uh, my dad doesn't have any work that's out he just writes songs and shit my dad has like a gang of music and shit and a gang of poems and my dad just plays bro like nobody listens to his music he just makes music and plays it for himself the only people that listen to my dad's music are my mom oh shit 
exclusive stuff, man. It's cool. That's cool, man. Uh, just yeah, he put out like he's not really interested in that shit. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. He doesn't. He doesn't believe in like enough the shit or whatever. Yeah, he just yeah. kind of like does to do it, you know. He has to express himself. Yeah, that that that's dope. That's dope, definitely. Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm the opposite though. Once I figure out how to make money off of it, yeah, I yeah. use it as a tool. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you're doing what you love and 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 you can profit from it, I mean, why not? You know what I mean? To a degree, for a long time it was good. I mean, for a long time, in the late '90s, early 2000s, it was something that really the concept of downloading. Our 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 been kind of subsidized and shit. Mm-hmm. Valuable to people, good and respected. But you know, as far as every year with technology, our art has been more subsidized because with the emergence of people getting it for free and not being the kind of artist that sells a lot. Sold uh, visionaries probably would sell like thirty thousand, forty thousand units of a CD. Had all my personal shit sells under thirty thousand. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like more like it's more of a underground thing. Yeah. Oh, the next one. Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> Sorry about that. I don't know. My home is getting off the freeway. Oh. My bad. <laughs> you um, know, so now, once you started like rapping and stuff, what was the first spots? I mean, you know, fresh off the boat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't know where to go record. You don't know about X, Y, Z things to you know what I mean. What you need, the, the tools oh, you no, need to get started. Well, you know what? From the first time that we started wanting to record, I was lucky, man. My first producer was a uh, my first producer was DJ Khalil, who produces a uh, Jay Z, Fifty Cent, Eminem, oh, Self Scientific. Yeah, we when we were kids, we we threw a friend of mine named Arif. Sorry, threw a friend of mine named Arif uh, Kinchin. They were part of this uh, this dude I went to high school that was one of my best friends. He, he was part of a crew called GBA, God Bless Africa. And he, he was plugged in with these kids that were that would later be dudes from Souls of Mischief and shit oh, like that, shit. you know? Mm-hmm. So we were we were plugged in the producers early. And uh, we had this other, we had this uh, white producer named G.J. Shoshone. We, we, we would always just meet people and learn, you know, people had studios, some people were sucked, some people were good. We just had different people and shit that did different things, you know what I mean? That's dope, man, that's dope. Now, how was your your first experience uh, being in front of a mic? I mean, how did you overcome the fear of like you know being uh, around people, around the engineer, and like having to like spit on the mic? Uh, I never really had those issues, bro. Like, I mean, you'd be nervous and shit. I'm sure like the first ten or twenty times you rap in public, you would be nervous. But I don't really have that issue. I never. I'm not really. I'm not. I'm more of an aggressive performer. You just drop me off like on a street on a nice. Uh, really been, really been too, too tripped out on it. That's cool. The next, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty performing is not a problem. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of, you have to have confidence in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, that's pretty much. Where do you think you get your confidence from? Like, I mean, like me personally, my first time recording, like in the studio, I was fucking nervous. I was just not, you know. I couldn't even read my own fucking writing and shit. Like, I was, was just... Well, you know what, bro? Like, I had, we had these dudes named... They were, like, older chicks under their wing. As old, and they they taught us, like, you should learn what the fuck you're saying. Like, you know, 
Like we would say some shit and it'd be like, you know, you're a good rapper, but what you're saying, your facts are wrong. So like you should know the facts when you say something. So don't just say bullshit out your mouth. And at a young age, I had some older dudes like that that taught me to not say bullshit. Like do your research. Like don't just say something like, like you think it's a fact, like know that it's a fact. Yeah. And so at a young age, I was taught to learn to say facts instead of just saying rappers could, niggas could just say anything out the sky like oh fucking this I do this and I do that like no learn the facts you know what I mean yeah yeah no, so it's no. like that's what I learned you know what I'm saying at an early age you know like if you ever hear nice and smooth the rappers from New York mm-hmm. people says Dizzy Gillespie played the sax like Dizzy Gillespie played the trombone or some shit you know he didn't play the sax you know what I mean like but that's in a song like Dizzy Gillespie played the sax and I was like no he didn't <laughs> like you just you know what I mean and that's like immortalized on wax like you know what I mean like you yeah. can't just stay shit out the sky like you have to learn the facts yeah, so yeah, I had to learn the facts you know what I'm saying that's dope that's dope man yeah. man yeah so so what so once you joined like once you had your people uh-huh. in like Mexican descent man and like what was your next yeah. step once you had like a uh, like a hard copy of your album what did you guys like? I mean, did you guys get together and like, yo? So I mean, what do you, I mean? What do you want to do? You want to like start performing? What do you want? You know what I mean? Um, we didn't. Even though I started rapping in '92, I didn't have my first piece of vinyl till '97. So it took us about five years of learning how to make demos. And then when we put out our first vinyl, Exitos y Mas Exitos, uh, we had a thousand copies, and we would sell them at to stores, record stores. We'd sell them outside of shows. And uh, that's how we just started making money. Like that record was funded by Rocca from the Dilated Peoples. Rocca from Dilated kind of like he believed in us way early in the game. And that's cool. He put up a couple of racks to press up some vinyl and got us some vinyl. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool. Man. That's cool, man. But, uh, how do you? Yeah, how yeah. do you? I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think the the techniques that people used to use to promote their music back then? would work now like because i know now it's pretty much just social media no. like back then there was no social media yeah, no. it was all yeah, nothing, in person nothing yeah the hustle is way different now it's it's there's there's no uh i mean there's people that are smart they make money off tangible vinyl you can make money off the money is in vinyl and the money is in merch clothing hoodies shirts um as far as product that you download if you're a very popular artist like very popular like mainstream crossover then you can make a lot of money still just people downloading your record and paying for it. But usually your most of your uh revenue comes from performing and from merchandise. So, Yo, so like so like uh, recently, um how have you been promoting yourself? It's way different now, bro. I've been rapping for so long. I don't really I'm not on a mission to to market myself to new fans. I really don't give a fuck about kids. To be honest with you, I have mad fans all over the world. So what I do is I just put out records the people that already follow me i play shows for people that give a fuck and i i kind of just i'm not really like i don't really like spend money to make videos to like market new records i i make a record i put it out maybe i make a video maybe i don't and then i just put it out to the fan base that i'm really connected to i'm not really on a mission to trying to get the attention of like new fans or the youth i'm really kind of not really tripping on that yeah. i have enough fans already over 25 years accumulated people that that those people that are caring i just connect with them and try to connect with them you know what i mean that's dope that's dope man so yeah, so yeah, I'm, not really, I'm not concerned with the industry at yeah, this point yeah. i'm like too old for that shit i'm not tripping on it yeah yeah so once you transition to like the the visionaries 
and then to the um, you know what I mean in other projects. What what skills did you did you incorporate in the other you know what I mean when once you went to you know with the visionaries what what skills did you incorporate into that? Um, well, like I said, we started in Mexican descent in ninety one, ninety two. Me and me and Cholo on Cinco used to kind of fight a lot. We were kind of different ideas musically. So around '96, I started clicking up with with the Kiko and Redmatic, who were the founders of the Visionaries. And Kiko and Redmatic had put out an album that that we were on, and we made a song called Visionaries. And we started demoing our projects in in uh, Torrance, California. And then basically, the record label that put out Kiko and Redmatic was like, Visionaries should be a group. We'll fund a project. Yada yada yada. So then we we made an album called Galleries as visionaries, and then we put that out. And then as soon as we put that out, we got management, and we started touring on that record. And then that led to uh, that record led to three more records. And then we're actually working on a new record right now. So you know, it's just kind of like you meet people, you record shit. Some records you just put them out on your own. Some records have no funding, so you just put them out. And then some things like the visionaries. We're actually on the record label, like a real building, or real people putting, you know, 80 grand behind the project, like music videos, touring, sponsors, like every project is different. Visionaries was the only group I had that really, like, we were sponsored by Nike and fucking Puma and Adidas, and, you know. That's dope. It had more, like, more, more of a corporate situation where records were getting sold, they were getting pressed up, you know, all that bullshit. But um, to be honest with you, some projects, like the visions were like that and we toured for years and then other projects they're more low-key or you know what i'm saying every record is i just care about the content of the record i'm not really worried about i mean i'm worried about the money too you want to generate an income but i'm not really like we just make the projects to make them and put them out and then some people follow you to every project and then some people don't you know what i mean mm-hmm. no no yeah, i've no, never no. been i've never been one to really give a fuck about that yeah, man. Everyone has their style of writing, you know, like their what they do before, like pre-writing and stuff. When you have writer's block, I know a lot of you know rappers out there. They just don't know what to fuck to write to put down on you know on paper and shit. Like, what is your process when you like sit down and like try to create? At this point, the way that I do it, it's more like a if I have to find a beat that I like. And once I find a beat that I like, um, you know, I listen to it and then. It's really I, the way that I write it. It's called stream of consciousness. So I basically all I care about is the beginning. As soon as I once you get the, it's all stream of consciousness. So once you kick off the first line, once you make the first line or two real real dope, then everything else just falls into place. You get me? Gotcha. Like a puzzle. Yeah. You know I mean? Got it. So yeah. yeah. No doubt. No doubt, man. Like the experience you guys had, at, like on the road and stuff. I mean, what I mean, what did you learn from like going, going like, you know, state to state and just you know, I mean, experiencing new things with new shows, man. Uh, I mean, learn. I mean, yeah, I mean, learn. There's nothing to learn. I mean, you just you know, you travel, you meet people. You know what I mean? People, there's people that you meet. So that it's all. It's just all fucking. Uh, you know, it's life, bro. Like when you're young, cities, you meet people, you work with people there. You know, when you're young, you don't understand because you're not living in the moment. Mm. So you don't understand that like, you might be in a place that you never visit again. You know, yeah. I don't know, bro. It's, it's all a 20 year blur, bro. Like you just, you know, I was on the road for a long time. So artistically, we were making things that were making us happy. 
And then over the course of a long time, we got a lot of fans. And, you know, you just make projects, bro. Like, some of them, they're more artistic. Some of them are more commercial. I don't really fuck with commercial music too much, but I'm sure we have a lot of shit that was aimed like that at some point, you know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, so you mentioned that you uh, you guys had a manager. What is it, I mean, what's the difference for you personally to have a manager and to just do things solo? Uh, I mean, a man I, I really don't fuck with a manager because... I do a lot of charity work. I do a lot of freelance shit. I don't really like being tied down to a manager, but um, if you're a group that wants to make it, you need a manager. You need some organization. You need somebody who will speak for you. And you need somebody to, that's promoting you and putting you in a good light because it's hard to be a creative person and to be a business person at the same time. So you need somebody to represent you and help you out. So I don't know. Really in the industry now, it's a, it's a whole other thing, you know? Yeah. So, the way that we were, the way that we were managing our career is way different than the way people do it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a whole other thing, but it's a whole another world. For you, um, what motivates you, like to to you know what I mean to on the daily basis? Like, what's what's motivating you? Like, is it like you know certain quotes? I mean, movies motivate you. I mean, just listening to other artists. What motivates you? Uh, I mean me bro I motivate myself you know what I'm saying I've been working on music for a long time you know what I'm saying I motivate myself bro just working on music I'm confident in what I do I used to work in the industry I worked at record labels I've done everything bro in the in the industry and uh, you know once you once you know how to connect with people once you make songs that people feel and they like then you connect with them forever you know you know how strong music is so Music's so strong that we all connect with different people and, and do our thing, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, once you build that, those connections, then, you know, the world, once the world accepts you as an artist, then you can live like that. And, you know, you're not going to be rich, you know what I'm saying? If you do the way I do, which I don't make commercial music for the most part, you just kind of like, you make your music and you find people that appreciate it. If they pay for it, they do. If they don't, they don't. And you, you figure out how to carve a life out for yourself as an artist you know what I'm saying yeah 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 that's dope um, so so let's go into that that uh, experience working with um, in, in record labels man what was that like how, um, how'd you get in there and like what did, what did you learn from that experience uh, uh, record label I mean back then bro you're talking about the 90s bro like I just interned at a record label because some of my friends got signed to major labels so I just started interning because I wanted to know how a record got put out and then I learned how a record got put out. I started working as a street promoter and I started working for different labels and I didn't have a great experience there because they were just, they weren't paying their workers right and they were exploiting the workers. You know, everybody wants to be in, everybody sucks dick of the record industry. So everybody wants to work with the record industry. So they treat the employees pretty bad. And, uh, you know, they don't, just like the way that they, the record industry doesn't pay their artists right, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I dealt with the record industry for five years and then I was like, fuck this shit is whack. And then I just learned how to put up my own records and from after that time, I just put up my own records to different success levels. Some of them more successful. Some projects lost money, some projects made mad money. It just depends, you know? No doubt, no doubt. Now, what has been the number one advice that sticks into your mind to this day that someone's giving you? And what advice would you give to the up-and-coming uh, anything, artists, managers, anyone in the entertainment world? Um, the only advice I can give to people is understand that the 
you're doing this to make money, if you're doing this to be famous, then you shouldn't be doing this. If you're doing this to make art and make dope shit, then, then do that. Concentrate on that. Take your time. Work on that. Make the dopest music that you can, you can and work on it. Work on music, you know? And, and work on your art. Work on your craft. Give a fuck about what you do. And uh, if you do that and you, and you work hard towards that, then maybe you're going to make something that's going to make other people happy. You know what I mean? If you're in this industry to try to be a star, it's not going to happen. There's millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of rappers. And nobody gives a fuck about people that aren't original, you know? Mm, so right, yeah. so just do, do yourself, make yourself happy, be creative, and make music to, to make it. Like, make it to please yourself. Don't make it because it's what's hot right now. Make music that makes something, you know, like, see what people do and then try not to sound like it. Because the more that you sound like everybody else, every five years you're going to find yourself dead because there's nothing to do because everything that you're making is going to be played out. If you create your own lane and create your own music, then you have a chance to get people to like you and love you forever, you know? That's dope, yeah. All right, hey, I want to thank you too, Max, man. You know what? I appreciate I appreciate this time you're giving us, you know, and then, uh, and handing us some some of that knowledge you have, man. And, uh, you know, have a good night, man. I appreciate it. All right, brother, no stress. Take care. All right, you too, Peace. man. Thanks. Peace.